Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. Ireland's Vanishing Triangle refers to the unexplained disappearances of six young women throughout the eastern and midland regions of the Republic of Ireland during the 1990s. However, it has long been suspected that numerous other cases may be linked to the aforementioned six cases. This podcast will consist of 10 episodes, one case will feature per episode, covering a period of 16 years between 1987 and 2003. So, if you are interested in unsolved mysteries, true crime, and a little bit of history, then hopefully this podcast will be for you. Now, to commence episode 2. I want to begin in December of 1991 with the unsolved murder of Patricia Doherty, originally from Lisselton in the beautiful county of Kerry, who by 1991 was living in the sprawling southwest Dublin suburb of Talla with her husband Patrick and two young children. Now, if I can just quickly take you back to December. 1991. Michael Jackson was topping the charts with the hit single Black or White. In true crime news, the gun that killed Lee Harvey Oswald, the killer of John F. Kennedy, sold for $220,000 at a New York auction. And in Irish news, well, more so Dublin news, the late night bus service known as the Night Link, began operating, helping many a drunk Dublin resident home in the early hours of the morning. The service still operates to this day. Monday the 23rd of December 91, typical for this time of year, was a dull rainy day with temperatures of 8 degrees Celsius. This would have been a busy day for all mothers, with Christmas Day so close. This time was particularly busy for 29-year-old mother of two, Patricia Doherty, as she had recently started a new job as a prison guard at Mountjoy Prison in Dublin City, after training at the infamous Port Leash Prison in County Leash in the Irish Midlands. But most importantly, on the day of the 23rd, Patricia had to arrange Christmas for her children. Throughout this particular Monday, the former school secretary did some shopping at the Square Talla, a large shopping mall by Irish standards. She did some further shopping at the much smaller Old Bond shopping centre near her home, and Patricia also visited the hairdressers to have her hair cut short. After a busy day, Patricia returned to her home in Allenton Lawns, Ballycra, in the southeast of Talla, close to the Dublin and Wicklow Mountains. However, soon after reaching home, Patricia decided to return to the old Bond shopping centre at roughly 9.15pm that night, by walking the one kilometre journey along the dimly lit Bora Nabrina Road a walk that would take an estimated 11 minutes. 
It seems a strange time for Patricia to return to the shops, especially after a long day of shopping. But Patricia's friends and family said this type of action was typical of her as she was so devoted to her children. Unfortunately, as Patricia left her home on the night of the 23rd of December, 91, this would be the last time that her family would see her alive. Some 36 hours after Patricia Doherty was last seen on the 20. On the 25th of December, Christmas Day, Patrick Doherty arrived at Talagarda Station at a roughly 10am to report his wife missing. Patrick told Gardy that he had not reported his wife missing on Christmas Eve or the night of the 23rd because he thought that she had been called into work at Mountjoy Prison. He also told Gardy that his wife worked long shifts that often merged into one another and Patrick believed this to be the case over the previous 36 hours. On Christmas morning, Patrick told Gardy he began to worry about Patricia's whereabouts. At first, he contacted Mountjoy Prison and was told that his wife had not been in work for the previous two days or Christmas Day. Patrick then travelled to Ratfarnham in South Dublin to see if Patricia's family had seen her. Unfortunately, he was told that they had not seen or spoken to Patricia either. This information prompted him to head to Talagarda station to report his wife missing. As Patricia had been missing for 36 hours by the time her husband reported her disappearance to Gardaí, coupled with the report being filed on Christmas Day, the investigation understandably began slowly. In the days after Patricia was reported missing, the Gardaí issued issued numerous public appeals and were particularly keen to speak to anyone who had seen Patricia with short hair, as she only had her hair cut short on the day she vanished. Patrick Doherty also made a public appeal through radio on a station known as 2FM, Ireland's second most prominent national radio station at the time. Disturbingly, after Patrick made this public appeal, it was reported that he received numerous silent phone calls on his landline. Unfortunately, these phone calls could not be traced and the origin of them has never been known. The appeals of the Gardaí and Patrick Doherty did, however, lead to the emergence of two potential witnesses. The first witness claimed to have seen Patricia Doherty at 9.20pm on the night of the 23rd, walking past St. Bridget's Pub, which is now known as the Old Mill, in the direction of the Old Barn Shopping Centre. St. Bridget's Pub is roughly a 10-minute walk from Patricia's home in Allerton Lawns. The witness's account of seeing Patricia at 9.20pm seemed to match the account and timeline that Patricia left her home at roughly 9pm that night. In addition, the witness stated that Patricia was wearing a full-length brown Mac jacket and also had a gold scarf wrapped around her head. These are the clothes Patricia was reported to be wearing when she vanished, 
along with a blue jumper, a black skirt, and black shoes. The second witness to emerge told Gardy that on the night of the 23rd, he saw a woman matching Patricia Doherty's description entering a red car at the entrance to the Albon shopping centre. The exact, the exact time of this witness's account has never been made public. That is, if they were aware of the exact time when they seen Patricia. But we do know that the old Bond shopping centre is where it was reported that Patricia was going when she left her home on the night she vanished. It has been widely reported that the sec- second witness was a known criminal, and due to this, their account was not taken seriously. I am loud to give my opinion on this podcast, as really, it doesn't matter. However, concerning the second witness, if their account was dismissed or not taken completely serious, it seems absurd to me. Generally, criminals have no interest in making contact with police, have no no interest in being in the presence of the police, and would have even less interest in helping the police as they could easily be perceived as being a rat or informant by their peers. Perhaps they would only come forward when such a serious matter is at hand, like the presumed abduction of an innocent young mother. In addition, Patricia Doherty had absolutely no connection to crime or criminal activity, adding to the absurdity of the reports that the second witness's account was dismissed. Although it must be added that I don't know anything about the second witness's criminality, so perhaps they like to waste police time. Anyway, sorry. Unfortunately, no other witnesses have ever emerged. Well, none that were made known to the public, anyhow. It has been reported that the first witness who saw Patricia Doherty at St. Bridget's Pub knew Patricia, thus giving validity to their account. It is not known, however, if the second witness knew Patricia or knew her to see. But their report of Patricia getting into a car outside Old Bond shopping centre is interesting, particularly the car aspect. There has never been any reported sightings of Patricia Doherty inside Old Bond shopping centre after 9pm. But she was spotted just outside the centre by the first witness and no other reports of Patricia at any other locations apart from the shopping centre have ever emerged. Welcome back, and thank you for listening for so long. Now, if I can just take you slightly forward in time from late 1991 to the summer of 1992. On the 21st of June, 92, a clear sunny day with temperatures of 15 degrees Celsius, 
A man was cutting turf on bog land in an area of the Dublin mountains known as Glass Mucky Breaks. Some seven and a half kilometres from the old Bond shopping centre where Patricia Doherty was last seen six months previously. While cutting turf, the man, a local to the Glass Mucky Breaks area, noticed that part of the bog land had collapsed, largely due to heavy rain in the area over the previous weeks. Within the collapsed area of the bog, the man spotted a brown Mac coat. He then walked over to the coat, lifted it up and made the terrifying discovery of human remains. After making this shocking discovery, the man ran to the nearest house and rang the guardie. As with all murder scenes at the time, the scene and the victim were examined by state pathologist Professor John Harbison. I actually watched Professor Harbison at work myself when I was a kid after my neighbour had shot his son dead in their home. It truly, he was a truly a remarkable man and an excellent professional. In this particular case, the state pathologist concluded that the victim was most likely strangled as there was no sign of gunshot wounds or other forms of trauma. Much like Antoinette Smith, a key was also found in the victim's clothing. The key was later tested on Patricia Doherty's front door and the key was proven to be a match. Later dental records would 100% confirm that the human remains found on the 21st of June 1991 in the Dublin mountains belonged to 29-year-old Patricia Doherty. An examination of the area around where Patricia was found led to the discovery of some of her property, most, most notably a watch and some other jewellery. The gold scarf Patricia was wearing on the night she vanished was also found. After Patricia Doherty was discovered, numerous public appeals were made. Areas of relevance were heavily canvassed by Gardaí and the case appeared on the first episode of the long-running TV show known as Crime Call. But unfortunately, no information that could help solve this tragic crime has ever emerged. This was also despite the fact that 20 detectives worked on Patricia's cases. And one detective on the case somewhat summed it up when he stated that we never really got a lead on it and anyone we talked to, we just hit a stone wall. There is no one theory as to why Patricia Doherty was tragically murdered almost 32 years ago. It was speculated that Patricia's job as a prison guard may have had something to do with her murder, but all inquiries into this led nowhere. In fact, the investigation found that Patricia was liked and respected by both staff and inmates alike at Mountjoy Prison. Similarly to to the Antoinette Smith case, time seems to be the biggest obstacle for solving this case. Patricia had been missing for 36 hours before being reported to Gardaí and her killer or killers had a six-month head start on authorities by the time Patricia's body was found. It has been speculated that the murders of Patricia Doherty and Antoinette Smith may be linked, 
but that is all it is just speculation no link or links have ever been made public by Gardaí all we do know is that they were roughly the same age Antoinette 27 Patricia 29 somewhat similar in appearance they lived 10 kilometers kilometers from each other in Talla and Clondalkin within the southwest of Dublin Professor John Harbison gave the same conclusion in their causes of death and they were found just over a kilometre from each other in the Dublin and Wicklow Mountains four years apart but that is all just circumstantial links no hard evidence has ever emerged that links these two tragedies and perhaps most importantly the murders remain unsolved. Anyone with relevant information concerning the murder of Patricia Doherty is urged to contact Talagarda Station on 016666000. Crime Stoppers on 1800-25-0025. Our Garda Confidential anonymously on 1800 treble six treble one thank you for listening listening most importantly this episode and podcast is dedicated to patricia doherty in the next episode i will be covering a missing persons case from 1993 which is perhaps ireland's most infamous missing persons case Now, just to finally thank some people. My family for their patience, Soundcaster Studios, Daniel Lim for IT, the Instagram page known as Coffee, Wine and Crime 2022, ran by the brilliant Hell. She really has put together some great Instagram stories on numerous Irish cold cases, so please give them a follow. Thanks to the authors and journalists Barry Cummings and Sarah McInerney and finally the Kildare-based singer-songwriter known as Rory Glanders who wrote the song I Will Now Play. Thank you for listening.